the Neon Confidential Podcast. Is this thing on? <laughs> Welcome back to the Neon Confidential Podcast. Today we have someone who I personally really love and adore, Megan Linney. She's the owner of The Lair Lounge located in downtown Las Vegas, and we get into all things skincare. But moreover, Megan is truly a connector of people, which is a really unique skill to have, especially in today's age when no one really takes the time to get to know people under the skin that they're in. So we get into what it takes to understand what makes people tick, how her personal life has really lent itself to making sense of people in the world around her by first getting to know herself through pivotal moments like living in her van and traveling solo for six months growing up in the foster care system, and being rejected when she came out to the LGBTQ community, and so much more. And despite how serious and in-depth we do get, there are so many laughs throughout this whole episode. She's funny, she's cool, she's down to earth, she's a wife, she's a friend to so many, her skin stays glowing, and she gives us a 411 on how you can keep your skin in the best shape, and her tips and tricks throughout her 20 plus years in the skincare industry. On that note, I am so excited to welcome Megan Linney to the Neon Confidential Podcast. Megan Linney is the owner of The Layer Lounge, which focuses on approachable results-driven skincare that gets you in, gets you results, and gets you on with your life. She's a lifelong professional in the beauty and wellness industry, and as a licensed esthetician and massage therapist, she has been a member of several steam spa teams. She has worked in many different capacities in the industry, from performing, training, and developing spa service menus to designing and building internationally recognized spas. Traveling around the world and working across the U.S. exposed her to many different cultures and beauty rituals. Through these journeys, she learned firsthand how powerful transformation is when touch, education, and self-care merge in one's life, resulting in confidence, self-acceptance, and living your best life. When not juggling a full workload, consulting around the country, and hanging with her pup, David Bowie Jr., you can spot her roller skating in the streets of Las Vegas, which I can confirm. Megan Linney, welcome to Neon Confidential Podcast. Oh, thanks, Megan. Thanks for having me. I'm so glad that you're here. Um, and first, congrats on the nuptials. Yes. Yes. So you and Cindy got married on, it was New Year's Day? New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve. In the evening, yeah. That's so fun. It was fun. So tell what what happened, because I mean, I followed along on, on Instagram stories, but it just looked like you guys were karaokeing, and it looked like you just had a blast. <laughs> well, there's no wedding like a weekend full of a celebration. So we started, and a lot of my friends came in from out of town, so we karaoke on Friday. We um, recovered on Saturday. <laughs> I was running around setting things up and so my friends were really helpful. So I had like a literally a crew of helping hands on Saturday. And then we had our wedding um, in the evening around seven. And then we carried on the reception and had that iconic photo on Main Street with the Strat in the background and all I the sparklers wait. and fireworks. It was epic when are you going to get the photos back do they tell you i haven't bugged the photographer because i'm trying to be chill yeah mm-hmm. but, but you I'm want anxious. to see <laughs> totally. what karaoke place did you guys go Ninja to karaoke. You, did you yeah i love them they're so awesome i try to keep everything in the neighborhood so we did ninja karaoke on friday night we all stayed at the english nice. um we had the wedding ceremony itself at suite 155 in art square um, we had our reception at Garagiste, and then, of course, we um, had our brunch at Pepper Club. So amazing. Ooh, yeah, trying to keep it. And so, hood. for everyone listening, this is like all these are all places that are in 
the arts district, which is where our podcast studio is located and also where Megan's layer lounge is located. And so yeah, English hotel is walking distance from here. And that's actually Ninja karaoke is going to be my new neighbor. Yeah. That's good. That's where our building is. So that's awesome. That's so exciting that you did that. I can't wait to see. And I feel like when, I mean, you are the connector of Las Vegas Mm. to me. Like, I feel like it's even, you know, saying your bio, it's really hard because I, because I feel like you're so much more to so many people than that. Like you are so good at connecting everybody in the community. And, and so you know, how is that for you? Like, why is community so important for you? And and where did that come from? Was your mom like that? Like, how did you, that's definitely a skill connecting people like, like you do. You know, thank you for saying that. I mean, for me, it just comes so naturally, but I have heard now a lot people being like, connecting people is your superpower. Or if I do an introduction, like I have a little thing I know about everybody that I know why they should be connected and what they're going to have in common and what they'll what they'll laugh about or what they'll be able to be like, oh yeah, you know, and feel um, and understand that connection as well as I do. So I've heard that a lot. I think for me, well, number one, I am from a family, a blended family of eight. I'm the only girl. Wow. So there's oh my God, a seven lot. brothers. Yes. Well, <laughs> up and down. It's just it's a very weird and not for this podcast story but <laughs> I mean um, it could be it could another time we'll just get warmed up yeah for sure <laughs> I mean there's some components that definitely have affected me but I think coming from a big family I think there's just literally there was always a dozen people at our dinner table and wow like there was just always people around and I think I feel the most comfortable when I'm in community environments and I've you know my career I've had teams of 125 150 people on my team and a leadership you know below me and so I've always operated from a team mentality Um, and I like being a good neighbor and I feel like honestly so many people are one step away from a person that is going to impact their life or make them feel amazing or be their new best friend or maybe their future partner like but if you don't have the people who are connecting those dots for you sometimes you'll just cross pass totally it'll never connect that's right because you i mean why it's a skill is because you have to know a little bit of something about every single person and so i have to ask especially being in pr and like all the events and networking things that we have to go to do you ever forget people's names very rarely Mm -hmm. (laughs) but menopause is real i forgot my best friend's last name last night no way (gasps) no way i was like in front of i was writing person no we cindy and i were writing thank you notes and i and i'm not gonna say their name because they're gonna listen to this (laughs) and they were like oh blah who's what's blah blah blah's last name and i was like that actually makes me feel a lot better because I do it often. And and it's I feel like we need like a one-liner where you're just like it's something that's like non-offensive but you're like I'm so I mean I always just blame it on like the liquor that's going around. I'm like I'm so sorry I probably had like one champagne too many when I saw you last. Can you please remind me of your name again? Yeah. Because that's beautiful. That's the worst part is that when you just pretend and you're yeah. just waiting for you know somebody else around them to say i'm like no 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 i'm just gonna go straight to the point i'm so sorry i don't remember your name well i think you and i are both very straightforward i mean you can only do girl so many times <laughs> or dude <laughs> before like, this you, person's like she does she doesn't not know, know my name yeah <laughs> no i don't i have a really good memory i think it's because when i started my career in service um as a massage therapist you always make a note of like what the, I mean, in, in my, at least in my practice, I've always made a note about, oh, they're remodeling their house or they're about to get married or their third child is going through college or whatever. And so for me, it's really easy to like, not just n- 
their name, but them as a human being and a, as a whole person. So for me, those details just come naturally to remember. But like I said last night, I forgot my best friend's last name. So who knows? Maybe this is a new era for me. <laughs> Probably not. I'm sure that was a one-off. So, so you started as a masseuse. Yeah. So um, so for me, like I didn't even know I was going to do this industry, to be honest. I went to school to be, an, I thought I'd be an English teacher because I love writing and I was, I've always written in my spare time. And um, I was like, oh yeah, sure, you know, I'll become an English teacher. But I was working in fashion um, in San Francisco, and it was super stressful. Uh, we did a lot of event and PR stuff, and I, I was really just a you know an executive assistant. But I was had my hands in everything, and I was so stressed out. And I got a massage for the first time in my life when I was like 23 years old, mm-hmm. and literally. And it was only because I was working out at the gym and they had some special or something. I was like, I can't afford massage. Like, you know, I'm broke, you know? And so I, I got a massage and I was like literally 15 minutes into that massage. I swear to you, I thought... You were like floating. The heavens had opened. <laughs> oh, and this angel came down and touched me. It took all my stress away. And by the time that 50 minutes was done, I was like, I'm going to do that. I want to do that for everybody. And six months later, I was in massage school. And the rest is like, we're, you know, 26 years later, here I am. So you went to massage school after that experience? Immediately. That's I mean, six so months. Cool. Yeah. And so did you move? And for also everybody that's listening, um, Megan and... I are both from Texas. Mm-hmm. And so did you move from Texas straight to San Francisco? Oh my gosh. So again, like the eight people in my family and a dozen at the dinner table. This is a long story too, but um, my family's all from Texas and I lived there until I was a child. Then we moved up to the Pacific Northwest. Mm-hmm. I went to San Francisco for college. And so 18 to 42, I lived in San Francisco. I mean, I spent a few years in New York, but like that was the bulk of my experience. So I went to college there. I went to massage school there. I went to aesthetic school there. Like I built my career there. Do you mean ages 18 to 42? Yeah. You're older than 42? You're sweet. I'm I'm serious. I'm like, did she mean, did she mean to say that? Uh Uh-huh. Girl, I so, literally, you can edit this out, but I am old enough to be your mother. Like, did the math today, because I was like, you're 34, right? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so this is where, like... And your the, birthday's a day after mine, remember? You're, you're the 10th. Yes. I'm the 9th, yeah. So this is where the visual part comes in, because, like, for people who are listening, they're probably like, well, no, I have to see what she looks like, but your <laughs> face is just, like, glowing. There's no uh, wrinkles. Uh, Wait, so, so can we ask how old you are, will you say? Mm-hmm. I'm turning 52 in May. Oh, my God. Congratulations. Thank you. Thanks. Goals. Your face is goals. Thank you. I like to think my bench press is goals at the moment. Is it? What are you at? Well, I I should have said my deadlift. I say this very embarrassed in front of you because I know how much (laughs) you can lift. I watch you all the time. I'm like, Fazio can do it. I can do it. Like you are... Like your but, weightlifting is insane. Well, I appreciate that. Mine's my you know back squat. I can't like my bench press. I'd be embarrassed. Well, your back squat, you do three hundred. Right? Three hundred, yeah. Dang, I did one sixty-five the other day. That's still a lot of weight. It well, just it was is. the first. It was my. It was a one rep max because going into the new year because I have some goals. Um, my friend who's in my class with me, it was Cindy's class. Um, she did two hundred, and I was like, dang, I was so jealous. A little bit like you know 
Okay, very competitive. So I was like, I tried to do 185 and I couldn't do it. So I 165 is where I sit for now. You know, I mean, I feel like you'd be there in a month if you just, you know, Focus gradually stacked. Yeah. Um, and so also for everyone listening, Megan's wife, Cindy, is a trainer and we've taken some of her classes before and she is no joke. No joke. <laughs> She's great though. Like I love those kind of hit style classes that are, that's amazing. I know. She went to CrossFit Games many years ago. She's done, gone twice. She's like very She's intense. ripped. Yeah, <laughs> she is freaking ripped as soon as i saw her i was like oh fuck (laughs) i'm about to die you know the person who did our wedding kept talking about her abs and i was like i don't know i'm loving this i'm not sure this is appropriate like her 18 year old son sitting in the third row you know what i mean i was just like um and he's a minister you know he's our friend and he's an officiant it's actually nate johnson he and his wife emily own for the love on main street oh yeah of course yeah nate's fantastic and so nate was our officiant but he was also a former minister so um He's going to get his MSW. So long story short, he he did our wedding, and he was just going on and on about it. He was even talking about the app where we met. But he kept talking about her abs and how I was impressed by her abs over and over again. I was like, everyone's going to think I'm like this total materialistic. <laughs> I mean, whatever. It is impressive. But I was like, okay, you know, it's not a lie. That's, I mean, and there's no excuse, too. It's no. like you guys are both going to have just beautiful glowing skin because of the layer lounge and then just be in, like, the best shape ever. It's, I like, the so. hottest couple ever. That's the goal. But you know what? That's sweet. <laughs> Plus, she's a mom of two. So the fact that, you know, when people say, oh, you can't. And she's an elementary school teacher. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, so cool. people have all the, you know, we, we you make time for what matters to you. That's you know, right. It's at the end of the day. And so, you know, your back squat is impressive. You run a crazy business, all the hours, all the partying and all the places you have to be till late hours. And you still find time to work out. Totally. You know, so. And I feel like that's like, you know, discipline lends itself to your business. Mm-hmm. Like we wouldn't be where we are without an, an extreme amount of discipline. And Correct. so that's kind of, I do feel, and I've talked about that before in my Instagram stories, but it's kind of weird the things that we share on our personal Instagrams, right? Because right. you're kind of like, well, this doesn't have anything to do with business, but it kind of does yeah. because it just means that you're disciplined. And for me, growing up being an athlete is what taught me discipline. And I just strongly believe that I wouldn't be where I am if I, if I weren't an athlete when I was in, you know, just growing up. And, um, I I totally agree with you on that. I mean, my growing up story talked about being one of eight, but it's very complicated. And I ended up going into foster care and group home systems when I was 12, when my mom died. And so I, I had a whole different world, you know what I mean? And so all of that adapting all the time, you know, showing up with the a bag of you know your clothes at a new doorstep every you know whatever period of time and that made me so adaptable and so the discipline of like never getting I mean this is a much deeper conversation but so much of that you know that teen years like really formed who I am now and I had no confidence coming up but I think with every like you take a situation that you survived and made it through and you apply it to a new situation and you just keep building on it and the layers of where you started to where you are now and where you want to go, that's life. And that's actually why the layer lounge is called that. There's several reasons it's called that, but that is one of them. Um, the layers of the epidermis is what we deal with as statisticians. And then the layers of the textures in the, in the space, wood, concrete, raw, hide, leather, plants, all of that. Mm-hmm. But then it's the layers of connectivity and how we shape our lives and how we develop and design a life and the connections that we make with people. It's like you and I actually originally met three years ago. I don't know if you know this, but are you a colleague of yours? Um, is best friends with my attorney. And when I got back into town, I was like, all right, I'm looking for, I, I also want to engage in a PR 
firm. It's, here's specifics. It's got to be female. It's got to be down to earth. It's got to be you know, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And so your name came up instantly. Cool. And so that's how we connected um, originally. And so like through that, there's always all these layers of connectivity and how we know each other. And literally, you and I could sit on a table or sit at a table and a few sentences in, we know all the people we know or how we got here. Totally. And so you ran a team, you've run multiple teams, but like up to 150 people, right? Yeah. So I, um, yes. So going back to the career stuff, like I, through my career have, uh, I have probably been about eight, 17 years now I've been in leadership. So I've um, worked as a spa director, of course, um, small and large teams, small and large spas. Um, and I've ran companies. I've been a COO for two different companies in the wellness space. Um, I've run up to nine spas across the country in different locations and hotels. Uh, I helped launch a brand, a really fabulous brand in LA um, that's now moved on and franchised and all the things, but I had a good time when I was with them. Um, and then now, you know, I was on my last hurrah. Well, after I left, I was here in Red Rock, um, and I was part of the team that renovated the Red Rock Resort Spawn Salon. Mm-hmm. And then in the end of, or midway through 2018, I was like, you know, I need a break. So I bought and uh, fixed this vintage van, 1989 mm-hmm. Chevy, Chevy Sport van, mm-hmm. and uh, traveled all over the country and took months off my career, wrote a book, and just hiked with my dog and just lived in a van and dealt with my shit. So, I did not know yeah, that about you. Yeah. How long did you do that for? I was gone for like five, six months. Wow. What was the coolest place that you went on oh. your trek? Megan, there. I mean, so hiking is like my jam. So, Glacier National Park was gorgeous. Canyonlands, uh, of course, Moab in general. Um, you were just totally by yourself. Mm-hmm. Were you ever scared, like when you were sleeping, or? Uh, I slept with a taser mm-hmm. next to me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I was a little afraid occasionally, and I would be parked off on BLM Road, mm-hmm. like there'd be crackheads, you know, like God only knows what they're doing, like in another quarter acre away with their car and loud music. And like, I I was like, I don't know. So, I mean, there were times I was afraid of bears. I was afraid of, you know, like derelict drug addicts in the, in the BLM land. I mean, there were moments for sure. Wow. And do you feel like that really is, is that when you like came to know yourself when you said that, like you couldn't date somebody without loving yourself first, do you think that helped your journey? Yeah, for sure. Because then I went, I came back, and I wanted to have a job here in Las Vegas. So just in my industry, it's very specific. So there wasn't anything open, and I took a role as a biz development for a wellness center, and, and I went back to San Francisco. And then that year, I was like, I can't do. This. I, I, sorry, I just can't do this. So I came up with the concept of the layer lunch. And during that journey, because I was isolated, even though I went back to a place I'd lived for twenty five or twenty four years, I didn't. It was, had changed. Everything had changed. So for like about a year and a half, I was really isolated, um, and it just gave me so much time to process and heal. And in do San work. Francisco, you were mm-hmm. well in the van. Oh, first. right, right, right. And then in San Francisco, yeah. Wow. It was wild. But that that's when you're like, you really like are talking to yourself a lot. You know what I mean? You're really having these deep conversations. I don't know if you remember this, but I th- I feel like we talked about this, but I lost my voice recently for like four days. And, and like, that doesn't sound like, obviously we're talking about like four days versus like six months where you're like by yourself, but it is wild mm-hmm. when you cannot communicate with anybody and all you have are just like your own thoughts and you, you're forced to be observant because you cannot communicate with people. And it's just like, I really, 
because you know there's like the wellness retreats that are like in india where you can't talk i think it's like monasteries um and and i was like oh my god that sounds awful but like after just being silent for four days i was like maybe i should ship myself off to a retreat well they have them here in the states too oh, but the, yeah the silent retreats but yeah no i mean i think during that time i mean i i had to like really observe like that loop is going through my head again i already told you that's not true okay, we need to like do some work here, you know? And when it's just you yourself, you're having this like committee meeting. Yeah. <laughs> you're totally. like sitting there and you're like, no, no, I disagree. No, that's not what we talked about. And you're like, okay, everyone stop. Like pencils down, you know, heads up. Let's, that's not true. Let's just like, we're squashing that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it was a little, I mean, at times, I mean, I'm sure from an outsider, if they had heard the conversations I was having with myself, I'd, I'd probably be committed <laughs> for sure, <laughs> but it worked for me, but not really. Cause I, that's the point that I'm making that is I, maybe more people, there's something to that. I mean, there's one thing, and that's what I kind of say about being in therapy, right? It's like, well, I've been in therapy for five years, and that used to be a thing. Like, if there was something wrong with you, you were in therapy. But even being in therapy for five years, it's like that doesn't mean that I still don't have things to work on. That's right. Um, that's why I'm still in it because it's an ongoing. For the rest of my life, I'll be in therapy yep. because there's always something. There's things that I can look back on, and I'm like, I didn't handle that the way that like I thought I'd made all this progress, and I went back to you know your attachment styles or whatever it may be. I mean, I really think that um, there's got to be some sort of science, like the formative years that we were talking about that just shape you. And then you just really, it's like the rest of your life becomes like walking some of those back and and undoing a lot of hurt and damage. Um, And so before the the cameras cut off, and I think at this point we can just say that, um, I wanted to talk about the, you were talking about, um, the plastic bags and the pillowcases and moving around to the foster homes. And so this company is called suitcases of hope. Um, and there's another one called comfort cases. So apparently, and just going back to what we were talking about, um, I didn't know that in the foster care system and that that's a thing. Like when you have to go to a different home, like you said, you've got just whatever you can fit your things into a pillowcase or plastic bag. So there's companies that if you buy a suitcase, you're giving one to a child mm-hmm. in foster care. So, yeah. um, I wanted to like shout that out while we were talking yeah. about it, but, um, yeah, I, I like- mean, it has like, and also I think that if I'm not mistaken, they have like some basic toiletries that are included in that, like a little, like personal sanitation kind of kit that's yeah. included. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, you know, I think the whole self-discovery thing, wherever you start, mm-hmm. right, and where you end up, if you are not curious about yourself and how you got to where you are, right? Like, we could backtrack all of our... I, and by the way, just because my sister situation was like tumultuous and chaotic and, you know, had a lot of neglect and abuse in it, doesn't mean that the person who had kind of an ideal picturesque you know, picturesque um, childhood doesn't suffer from challenges. I mean, challenges are challenges. Like a lot of people are like, I can't get over how resilient I am, right? Mm-hmm. It just blows their mind that mm-hmm. I'm like a functioning, you know, loving human being that isn't, you know, but I think at the end of the day, some of it's our DNA and some of it is this, the work that we do. Some of it's by the grace of the divine. I mean, I could, I would be remiss if I said, I thought my success relied only in my doing. Mm-hmm. There have been amazing people around me. There's been incredible 
angelic forces around me. I'm a huge spiritual person believing in like the universe and what you put out and moving parts that we're not aware of. And, um, and, and all of that goes into it. So if you're curious about yourself and you're curious about how you got to where you are and where you're going from there and how you can be of service to others, like you're going to have this amazing dynamic existence mm-hmm. versus a, someone who's like, I didn't get the thing I wanted. And they're just stuck in that narrative. And they're like, oh, they're more successful than me. You know, like they're not thinking about why am I not where I want to be? What am I doing? What could I be doing differently? Where am I putting my energy? Like, I feel like, like you and I are the same in that, that self-discovery therapy, um, giving back, like whatever it is, I feel like that's what, that's what changes the trajectory of your happiness and your opportunities and your relationships. Not so much that what was given to you or what you were born into or the last acts of what they had to say. You know, like we're always working on ourselves. That's right. And that's what you were saying. Like when you were, you know, 23 years old and you get that massage and you have this life-changing experience and then you're like, I want to do that for other people. And so that's what you did. And so after you, how long were you a masseuse for? I mean, my whole, I mean, I don't do massage anymore, but Mm -hmm. I mean, I could, Mm -hmm. um, I just, I'm not licensed in Nevada to do it, but I, um, I mean, really I kept, I kept that practice even as an executive, I would teach trainings. Like I've always had my hands in it. So from then till now. Mm -hmm. And then, but for, I, I guess with your journey with the layer lounge, because you did run so many um, oh, yeah. you know, huge spas and everything. Like, how did you get into skincare from there? I mean, obviously, I think they hold hands, right? It's like a spa environment, but I mean, you're so good. Like, I just, when I go get facials from you, I'm just like, ugh. like speaking of out of body experiences. I feel like everyone's like, tuck, 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 until we get the massage, and then they're like, mm. uh, yeah, because I mean, silence, the, but it's the whole thing, like the chairs that are massaging you, and then you've got oh, the lights, wow. and like, oh my God, it's yeah. so great. If and everyone needs to go have the, the Megan special, thank you at the Layer Lounge. It's amazing what you've done. The Megan's fave. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I started my career, so real quick, um, just a bullet point on it, started my career as a massage therapist my friends were all like you're crazy I work for this company called Joe Boxer um and it underwear and like it was so fun and they um Nick Graham the owner he won the CFDA award that year and like all it was a very exciting very pivotal time in the mid 90s in San Francisco in the South Market District and you know I was a kid from like what I just described right and I'm making like fifty thousand dollars being an assistant and my friends are all like you want to do what? I'm like, I'm going to quit and be a massage therapist. They're like, what? Like losing their minds. And I'm like, no, 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 it's going to be great. And they're like, you're crazy. You have insurance, you know, like just losing it. And I'm like, no, no, I think, I think I can do this. So I did. I, so for five years after I resigned, they were my first client. So Joe Boxer was my first corporate client. So I did corporate stress reduction programs. I had a massage practice myself in a studio. And then I would go out and teach breathwork classes and stress reduction and chair massage and all these big corporate like Sony and all, um, PC Magazine and like all these people in San Francisco. So for five years I did that. And then my clients would be like, oh, that's so, you're so great. You're so knowledgeable about the body. I have this pimple here. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. Go to CVS or whatever. You know, I don't know. And Put then, some toothpaste on it. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, what I probably said was go sit in the sun. Now I cringe at the advice I probably gave them. But anyways, I, uh, and I had acting myself growing up and all of that. So I, I had heard that so much from clients started really, really trusting me. And in those five years of that, you know, the beginning of my business and my practice, I heard it a ton. And finally I decided, and they were really pain. Like there's a lot of pain around it. And I thought, oh, I want to help people. So I went back and went to aesthetic school. And then, um, 
then I sold my business and uh, I became a trainer and I moved to New York and started doing like, a, you know, lead work where I was training and developing uh, spa treatments. And then I got a shot at being a spa director and uh, for uh, Joie de Vivre Hospitality, which was bought out by Hyatt, but that was back home in San Francisco. And mm-hmm. that first spa director job, I was part of an executive committee team that launched it from like breaking ground to opening day and had the most amazing mentors that are still friends of mine to this day. And through their grooming, that sort of escalated. And then I got a chance to do a ton of really cool from spa directors to sale director, sales directors, admissions directors in schools. Um, I got a chance to like open probably 10 spas in my career, run big, you know, chandeliered, marbled, floored, fabulous places and launch really cool brands. And I don't know, it's just been such a wild journey. I cannot imagine doing anything else. I love my career. This is actually a really funny sidebar conversation. So I'm out to dinner on Friday night. And it, it's, she just, she won't care if I like say her, who she is. Uh, Nick Carter from the Backstreet Boys. It's his wife, Lauren. Okay. Uh, so we're out to dinner and she's like, you are young. Do not worry about this. You're going to, I didn't meet Nick until, well, I, she met Nick at a young age, but like she didn't have kids until she was 39. Yeah. She's like, you've got time. If you're worried, freeze your eggs. Like, but you know, the whole thing. She's like, what you need is a stable with a bunch of stallions. <laughs> And I am monogamous through and through. Like, I just, I can't imagine dating more than one person. You're just not wired like that. I'm just not wired like that. So I'm like, but then the book that I was up reading last night, I'm pretty sure actually like for being on edibles, I can retain a lot of the information that I read. (laughs) I can like remember a lot of it. But one of the things that it said in the book is that if you have anxious attachment style, which I definitely do, I took the, there's quizzes in the book yeah. that you take for yourself and your partner, yeah. um, that you should date multiple people. That way you're not worried about what the other person's doing or whatever, because you've got a multitude of men or people to choose from yeah. that you're just not even concerned with the other person's doing it's so weird like, oh, I, i'm so very much monogamous and very loyal mm-hmm. yeah. but but dating yet, when it comes to dating it's like interviewing i will interview for all kinds of jobs i will like task force like consulting an actual position like i'll interview for everything because i just think it's fun mm-hmm. like i think it's fun to talk to people and connect and like find ways that like the common thread but when it comes to actually saying okay this is the thing for me and i'm going to commit to or this is a person for me and i'm going to commit to it's through that process. It's like going shopping. You're not going to buy all those dresses. Mm-hmm. You're going to try them all on though and go, oh girl, I look good in this or Why I don't. I see it like, I mean. It's it, just it, like shopping. Right. And the more people are, you know, giving instances like that, I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. I got it. Because that is my problem. Yeah. I meet one person and I'm like, oh. You're the one? Yeah. That, okay. Like that. he's got, he checked these, you know, six boxes out of my 10. He's hot. He's That'll tall. That'll do. <laughs> I know my, ther- a motorcycle. my therapist is he like shoots guns. He's got rate. He's got some sort of like. <laughs> She's calling me out. My, my yeah, therapist is like, we need to revisit your list of yeah. like, you know, what's important to you in a relationship. And of course, so what we were talking about earlier is like, you're not going to find those things unless you are those things for yourself. That's right. And even you know, I'm like, yeah, but I am those things. And she's like, are you sure? I'm yeah. like, oh shit, I'm not. Like, I, I definitely did something that like. Um, didn't have as much integrity of, as, a, as I would have liked, or I wasn't being honest with myself yeah. about how I felt about that situation. So how can I expect yeah. to find someone who's honest? And so, yeah, my my list has definitely changed. Um, and 
I guess that's part of the thing. You're, you're attracted to who you're attracted to yeah. physically, but yeah, you're right. It's like once I like find those boxes and they have like two of the actual important things. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, my Genghis, who you said you listened to our episode, I he's did. one of my best guy friends. And, and you know, you get this like being from Texas, like country music is a, it's like a way of life, you know? And I, it's something I hold very valuable. I know every country song, like known to man, and, and tricks. that's kind of how my last one got me because I forgot like to, what it was like to be around people who also enjoy the same kind of music. And so that was kind of like hook, line, and sinker for me, which is bullshit. Genghis was like, you should move that quality to the very bottom of the list. And that's just a bonus. Like yeah. you skipped over all of these that yeah. are like very important. Um, I would say I agree with Genghis, but you know, my friends were all like, where's your list? There was like this six years post of my divorce and um, where I was just a wreck. Like, mm-hmm. I was a train wreck. Mm-hmm. Like, train wreck. And every girl was like, oh. And I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry, girl. You're going to so regret this. But okay, let's do it. You know what I mean? Like, you are so going to regret this. This is going to be a nightmare. I'm going to be on your list of, like, bolo. Be on the lookout for this lady. And, and you know, I was very transparent about it. I was like, I'm just not in the space. But, okay. So, um, anyways, my friends were like, you got to start writing a list of what you want. And I was like, I don't need a list. I don't want anything. There's no list when you don't want anything. But then after like six years later, I was like, all right, I'll write this list. And I got to like six things on it. Like everyone else is like, a, their list is like a, a scroll. A scroll. <laughs> you know, I was like, um. And on that list, I realized a lot of the things, uh, some of them are superficial. Mm-hmm. And some of them I aspire to be myself. Mm-hmm. And then when I went through that, I was like, are, and then I was like, all right, is this really honest? And then I, I was like, okay, well, at least it's, I'm not going to pull this list out if I meet a woman, but like, at least I know, and I've spent some time thinking about what really matters to me. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> my best friends are all straight. All my straight girlfriends are, are, they're awesome, but they're always like, you know, smart, uh, funny, or kind. You get to choose two out of the three for your partner. It's a no joke. Way. It's not, it's like kind of like, um, smart, muck fairy kid. Uh, what is that? Mary fucker. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's kind of the same thinking. Yeah. That's right. Same thing. So smart, kind, or funny. And so my best friend, she, and she's amazing. She's like, Mary smart fuck funny she's no no you yeah you get no exactly she's like um kind and smart because i'm funny as fuck i don't need anyone else so like you know you pick kind of balance out your your thing so on my list was handy and i was like handy handy's important to me that someone can fix something if my car dies same totally but then i was like wait a minute I also want to be handy i admire that someone else because i want to be able to do those things because i I, I was just like, I think I'm intimidated by some of these things, so I want someone else to do it. And that just so not fitting of who I am. Like, I want to be able to do all the things myself. So that I have to rely on someone else to do that? That felt really weird. So then I kind of embraced the whole handiness. And one of the things I think about you uh, when I hear your podcast or see your post, people you know, being harsh on you about being high maintenance. I just mm-hmm. think it's a style. Your style is glam. And it is just as easy, like you can hike, you can do all the things. Mm-hmm. I think letting people like make you feel bad about that is like, you got to just let that go. Well, it's not even people. It's like, I mean, I'm going to say this. So when this person was over yeah. and like packing up the U-Haul, he's like, you don't even remind me of a girl from Texas. <laughs> it's offensive if you're, especially if you're from Texas, I'm like, <gasps> what did you just say and and meanwhile the same person had an adult male tantrum in my house that he was living in and i'm like but you don't remind me of a man from texas whose mama raised him right because 
you know and so anyway but it was just that was it really i was like what i'm like why would you say that and he's like you remind me of those bitches from la with your you know nails and your blah blah and i'm like what like women from texas also do this that's very texas anyways i'm like my hair and like hello don't catch me outside with my hairspray but um but i feel like that's it's just a style thing like i i think that though that narrative of like women have to be a certain way to be like um good Mm-hmm. right and the good the bad the whatever it's like I, I just hate all of that like as a woman sitting here now now i'm in this sort of like invisible um category which is kind of cool honestly i was afraid of this when i was younger i was like oh you could do a certain age and people stop looking at you when no one's watching you can do so many so many amazing things because <laughs> no one's watching you mm-hmm. so i'm over here being like well everyone else is worried about all the things i'm over here just wrecking life like just just crushing yeah and so because no one's paying attention to me anymore mm-hmm. which is like sounds that people are going to be like that's not true but it's how it feels and it is like a cultural narrative so i think when i think about young women and they're worried about not worried but they're hurt by the things that people say it's like that's so much about them not about you that's right your glamour your style is very glamorous Mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong with that it's absolutely appropriate for your style for your personality for your industry and it suits you who cares what anyone else thinks right like i i mean it's almost like every morning I would see my mom doing that. Like at 5.30 uh-huh. every morning, she was putting her, her face on. All the and, curls. And, and all I the can, things. you know, I, I didn't wear makeup all day Saturday and I didn't the whole day on Sunday. So yeah. it's almost like putting your armor on every morning. You're kind of like going into battle. And so that is how I feel. And so the first thing that I do every morning is I put my makeup on and I, I've had you know, men that I've dated be like, oh, do you have to do that? We're going to the gym. And I'm like, yeah, because I don't want to go to the gym and come back and have to do this. If we want to, what, what if we want to go to lunch afterward? Now I'm like ready to go wherever I'm ready for the entire day. It's just my process. Um, and then meanwhile, you know, I, speaking of you being handy when you were saying that, I'm like, oh hell no, I do. I don't want to be handy, but I do want somebody who's handy. You know what I did by myself for the first time in my life? I put up my Christmas lights. See, you see what I mean? (laughs) And like, I just did not think, I I don't know why I didn't think I could do it, but it's because I've always relied on someone else to do it is why, whether it's my guy friend. So my guy friend comes over and he brings my, the ladder and I've got those big, thick, um, uh, the, those tiles for the roof, Mm -hmm. the Spanish tiles. It's like synonymous with Nevada roofs, I guess. And he left his ladder and I got these hooks in that were like big enough to fit on those on the on the roof and so I was like texting him I'm like okay and it's you know like 10 days before Christmas and I'm just like I can't wait on until he's back in in town I'm just gonna go do this myself yeah and it was really therapeutic I gotta say yeah I swear to you like (laughs) and it's not hard I'm just I ordered this like little staple gun thing and I was just up there like just you know and I I like step back and I'm like no one could have done that as good as I just fucking exactly. did it. Exactly, that's right. And that's like your P&L stuff too. Like, I feel like when we hear this loop of like, oh, we're not good at math. Oh, we're not handy. Oh, we're not all these things. Then we just buy into it. And then one day we're like, well, no one else is here. I got to get this shit done. So I'm going to do it. Right. Like quarantine happened with the whole layer lounge is a whole nother story. And I end up redoing most of the remodel in that, except for the plumbing and engineering, or um, electrical. Mm-hmm. So plumbing and electrical had a um, general contractor do it, but everything else I did. And I swear to you, I was like, baseboards, I got it. All the things I got it. All the th- I mean, I was literally like, you know what? I don't need anyone. And when you right, <laughs> and when you invest in something like that, it makes you more grateful. I don't know what's first, like whether you invest in it first and then you're more grateful, or you're more grateful so you invest in it, or something. But like, there is definitely something to that because I was walking around my house last night and I was like, man, I don't think I'd ever leave this house because I remodeled the whole thing yeah. and I put so much 
work into this that if I went somewhere else and it was like already built and someone else built it I wouldn't be I wouldn't feel as good and I bet you probably feel the same way about the layer lounge that like you put so much work into that you know yeah or we'll do expansion you? but the <laughs> expansion i was gonna say but, but yeah. also moving on to bigger and better things and having an opportunity to do things like that all over again is also yeah there's something to be said for i that. think once you do it i and i guess the bottom line is is that i i think i just it's self-discovery what what are you holding yourself back from mm-hmm. whether it's like reviewing your P&Ls and being like actually i get this or like putting your Christmas lights up or refinishing floors or whatever it is. It's like, if you truly don't want to do something, then don't do it. Mm -hmm. But if you have an interest in something and you're, you're thinking you can't do it, you have to, you owe it to yourself to ask, why do you believe that? Who told you that? Is that actually true? Mm -hmm. Whether it's whatever it is, your style. Like when I was young and coming up as a lesbian, like I swear to you, when I came out, I did not want to come out. I was, these women were so mean to me. I was like, had my little heels on and my little, my little blazer and a scarf and my hair, long, beautiful hair. And Mm -hmm. they were like, oh, what are you, Miss Red, White, and Blue? They were super mean to me. And I was like, oh, no, they're not my people. (laughs) And then I remember, like, one of my first serious girlfriends, her ex-girlfriend was like, you don't even, your face is on the pillow. You don't even know what she looks like without makeup. Like, super mean stuff, because I've always been a very glamorous Mm -hmm. girl until later. Recently, I'm less so. But, like, I always remember thinking, like, why are people so mean? And then I thought, oh, they're just just trying to bring me down. Right, or they think that you have to conform or look a certain way to like be from texas you are from texas from texas (laughs) i think that's just it it was like you know i mean i really can relate when the man boy Mm -hmm. said you don't even remind me of a woman from texas well the lesbians were like who are you even dating is her face left on the pillow you know i was like mm-hmm. oh my god these people what's wrong with y'all mm-hmm. like i'm so nice you, there's no reason for you to do that that says more about you mm-hmm. than it has anything to do with me and i think that's really important as we get older and really comfortable in our skin is to edit that narrative that's coming in right mm-hmm. it doesn't not all of it gets to come in we have to do a better job filtering we just do you know because mm-hmm. we deserve better yeah and i think that comes from the way that parents are raising their children also sure. it's like the live and let live kind of situation it's like is, is what they're doing hurting you no so like why are you even saying anything yeah. it's like um i feel like life is a mirror people use tr- the term trigger all the time i i say mirror because when something's reflected back at you you like it you're mm-hmm. into it or you don't and what you need to really do is ask yourself how does this what is this doing for me like how is this what is this causing, you know, from inside me, what's happening now? And like, I got to unpack my own stuff before I start like throwing rocks at someone else. Like look in a mirror. What is it saying about you and your lifestyle? What is this like bringing up for you? What is it unpacking for you? And do that work, not the work on commenting on the person. That's right. If you can't say something Something nice, nice, don't don't say say nothing at all. (laughs) My grandma gave me the best advice as a kid and I'll never forget it. My grandparents, you know, Southern people, they have the best like stories, sayings. Yeah, my grandma's like, well, you lay down with dogs, you'll end up with fleas. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. There's one of my friends, <laughs> He's he was from Texas, and he, he, had to, he moved back to Texas, but uh, on the back of his toilet, he had a book that was like Texas, like colloquialisms. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. And just like different sayings. And we were just laughing so hard. I mean, we'd like, we just, every time I'd go over there, we'd like pull the book out and just pull, because we all were like, oh my God, the first time I heard that I was here or whatever. And we really do have some funny ones. Oh my I God. can't think of any on the spot right now. But oh my God. 
Draw more bees with honey than you do with vinegar. That's true. My mm-hmm. grandmother used to say that too. And that's exactly what we were talking about. Like yeah. there's just no reason to be um, ugly. Well, it's know? also just, and really honestly, as adults, we, when people are like that, there's no way to avoid seeing that it's about them, mm-hmm. not the person they're talking about. That's right. That's right. I think the mirror situation is exactly that. Like a lot of times what people say, it's like, that's not even about me. That's about what, what you haven't worked on in yourself. You know, that's right. Um, should we talk about the Laird? <laughs> What's your favorite ingredient to put on someone's face? Oh, well, I try to keep skincare simple. Mm-hmm. So I'm a big fan of that. I feel like I'm not that the K beauty 10 step thing isn't, you know, merit worthy. It's not that it's just that I find consistency is the number one thing. And if you keep it simple, it's more likely you'll be consistent. So mm-hmm. cleansing, exfoliate, antioxidants, moisture, and SPF. Those five things are the basic steps that everyone should be taking every day. And like SPF, you're not going to wear at night, right? And you're not going to exfoliate twice a day more than likely. So some of those products you're only going to do one time a day. Mm -hmm. Um, And so for me, when I look at that, the antioxidants, vitamin C and SPF are the bookends of the two things, right? Free radical damage and sun exposure here in Nevada, but any sunny climate, You won't see that hyperpigmentation when you're in your 20s and 30s, but it starts showing up in your mid to late 30s and beyond. And a lot of things, as I always say, it's better to maintain than repair, Mm -hmm. right? So sun damage is something you have to, you know, like I come from an era that you would put baby oil on and aluminum blanket in the middle of winter out in the snow. I remember. Yeah, it was like Mm -hmm. a thing. And so now I'm like, oh God, I feel bad about my chest. You know, like sun exposure, you can do IPLs, you can do all of that to reverse it, but you're always that melanin and that those deposits are always going to be there. So you're going to have to keep up on that constantly in the six weeks between and the cost and the downtime and all that stuff. It's just a lot. It's better to maintain than repair. So antioxidants and SPF, I think are good for every single skin type and condition. And those are probably the most important things for skincare. The stuff that goes on and off your skin, like a cleanser, Mm -hmm. right? Like you could get away with like Walgreens versions of cleansers. I mean, as long as they're appropriate for your skin type, right? Like the Cetaphil, I think they've got that's like, you know, non-comedogenic and all that. If it's lathering, it's creamy or if it's oil, like whatever your skin needs, but you don't have to spend a ton of money on cleanser. But when it comes to the more important ingredients, then it's about formulation, right? Mm -hmm. And a lot of times La Mer, of course, you could spend hundreds of dollars on creams, but a lot of that's just marketing. And I know I, I, I use La Mer face wash and it is Mm -hmm. so expensive, but nothing takes off my makeup better. But you know what I also like is from the layer lounge. She'll still have those masks, the sheet mask. Mm -hmm. And then the little, like there's like some, I'm sure you call it something else, but there's like always juice left over (laughs) serum, (laughs) serum, but yes. just like want to lather that all well, over that's my body what it, that's it i had more for me i had a larger formulation so people could use that after the mass so they could mm. use it for the mm. weeks or for home care because i've used it before so and i also asked people like right before you walked in I remember yeah. i have some questions sure. from from the audience um <laughs> what's the best order to do your routine in eye cream serum moisturizer etc so this is a great question. I get asked Love this it. all the time. <laughs> it's about the weight of the product. So the more aqueous water-based go first, and then the heavier creams and or oils at the end. So the heavier the weight of the product is the order of which you should apply it. So probably serum first. Serum first. Mm-hmm. So we cleanse our skin first, right? We exfoliate. Then we put, if you exfoliate, and there's lots of conversations about exfoliant i love to talk about exfoliation mm-hmm. um and then you're going to use your serums but there's so many different serums whether it's like hyaluronic acid um 
uh, vitamin C. Like there's just so many things you can do, but the serum goes next and then your, then your moisturizer or creams. Talk and then about, oils last. But talk about exfoliation. You said you like to talk about it. Why is that important? Oh my gosh, Megan. Well, I mean, there's so much. I'm leading you in. I know, no, but no. Like, I know that. Because like, isn't it your, your face um, naturally exfoliates like three times as fast as the rest of your body, five times as fast? Um, so you gotta like slough off the dead skin. I that's hate that. That's up for debate, that. the slough. Uh, yep. Sloughing. Well, <laughs> it slows as you get older. So here's the important thing. So your skin cell turnover, mm-hmm. AKA sloughing. Mm-hmm. Um, I nat- like cellular turnover better. I know Thank you, you would. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> um, that naturally occurs, right? Um, it just goes fast when you're younger and slows down as you get older. So when you're like your you know, 15, 20, you're going to see a cut. It'll heal in a day or two. Mm-hmm. As you get in your twenties and thirties, still heals pretty quickly. You get in thirties, forties, it's there for a few extra days, fifties, sixties. It's there for a bit longer. So that's just indicative of, you can see physically see the change of the, the time it takes for something to heal. Mm-hmm. So magnify that by your cell turnover. And, and that's what's so important. So there's physical exfoliation, there's chemical exfoliation. And a lot of people come in and say, my skin is so dry. I'm slathering all these creams and all these oils and I say okay great what are you doing for exfoliation they're like nothing I'm like yes all of that cream all of those oils everything is going on top of dead and dying skin Mm. so your skin you know is it's it's absorbing the moisture as much as it can into dead and dying skin but Mm. without properly cleansing and exfoliating your skin is just going to feel more and more dry and you're just going to blame it on the products when in fact it's the steps that you're missing out on it's because it can't get in there yeah it's sitting on dead it's like dead it's like um mopping a floor that you never swept love that and then so do you have a favorite exfoliator or does layer lounge make one that we can we can buy well layer lounge itself does not have its own exfoliant um, Mm -hmm. but we do have products there um here's the thing it's chemical or it's physical i'm you know as we already talked about my age i chemical exfoliants are more impactful and we talk about retinols um, alpha hydroxy acids beta hydroxy acids so i'm a big fan of a retinol that i use you know most nights of the week and so that just keeps my cell turnover happening on the regular a scrub is great but it's not for all skin types so it just depends on your skin type so i'd be remiss if i just gave you one blanketed exfoliant but there's it depends on your skin type and what you're what you're uh what you're going through is there a favorite retinol cream that you have because you're my other girlfriend who's in skincare was like you don't use a retinol cream i'm like oh shit (laughs) what am i supposed to yeah (laughs) yes uh well we have a vitamin a boosting cream um, from circadia that's a primary line that we work with it's formulated by a physician for estheticians so you don't find it at amazon or sephora or ulta it's like specific to licensed professionals Mm -hmm. Um, and their vitamin a boosting cream is amazing but tretinoids are big right now everyone's like always talking about that that's a compound without getting into all the science of stuff because I could really geek out. But um, it's it's just sort of like a retinol on uh, a little bit dialed up. Okay. Okay. So the next one, and I'm interested about this too. She said, let's talk about the NAD supplement. Oh. Do you know much about that? I do. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I do not feel like that. You're going to break some hearts. Well, I don't know. No, I just feel like, you know, uh, there's just a lot of stuff out there. People should do research and like work with their professional and find out if it's, you know, if it's going to help supplement where they're at. Okay. Fair. Um, are the red light masks worth the price? Um, depends on the formulation. So they're not led is what they're talking about. Mm Mm-hmm. And there's lots of different lights, red, blue, violet, amber waves, all that. They are basically micro lasers, if you want to really put it categorically. So they, the sequence and the depth of those lights is what matters the most. 
right? So you can just get a red light on Amazon. It costs, you know, $59.95 or whatever and put it on. You don't know the formulation of that sequencing, Mm -hmm. the depth of it, the energy in those lights um, and how it impacts uh, or how strong it is, is what makes it worth it or not. So the lights, the LEDs penetrate into the dermis to stimulate collagen and elastin, fibroblast reproduction and ATP. So the energy of your skin to really like circulation, um, all the things it's creating like an amazing workplace environment for your skin. Mm-hmm. So they're not all created equally, obviously. So you have to know a little bit about that. And you do because layer lounge uses red yep. light. Yep. Is that, <laughs> I guess I'm going to go off here. Why is it red light? That's the best. It's not actually blue light is for acne. Red mm-hmm. is typically for anti-aging. There's a sequence of violet, red and blue for, um, uh, recovery like for injury, pain management. There's all different sequences. That's why it's like when people always talk about the red light, I'm like, oh, that's cute. There's, that's one of the many things, right? But that's for anti-aging. That's why it's got such a, like a, so popular. And so for me, what do you, how do you feel about um, injectables? Okay, I'm so glad you asked. I'm a fan of anything that makes people feel confident. I'm so glad that you said that. I'm like, I bet you she doesn't get any injections and she's gonna like go to town right now. No, I I mean, if you get lipo, if you get like fillers, if you get Botox, like I have to educate people all the time. They're like, I don't do all those things. And I'm like, well, first of all, let's break down what all those things are, you know, what Botox actually is versus fillers. Because a lot of times people look at needles and think they all do the same thing and they mm-hmm. don't. And it's like, even lasers are like, I'm not gonna get into all that. And I'm like, why not? If your skin is damaged, you're gonna help like really really boost up its healing component and RF and like there's so much amazing technology out there like LEDs going back to that for a moment I mean they came from NASA to help heal wounds in outer space like we just basically bastardize all the amazing technology and science that are out there for the medical industry right and science and then we in the skincare we're like we'll take that we'll take that we'll take that, <laughs> we'll take that. oxygen the same thing which we use at the layer lounge and microcurrent and like if it helps you have the healthiest skin you can because beautiful skin is healthy skin at the bottom line and if injectables and like you know lasers and all the treatments are available if they make you feel good and are you you know look in the mirror and you like what you see can we go too far sure mm-hmm. sure but still but so you're just anything that makes people feel 100 percent. i love that um what is your favorite treatment to get from the layer lounge I'd say Megan's fave. Yeah, I guess that's, yeah. I just, I teed that one up for you. But like, if someone was coming in and they have never had a facial in their lives, because that's true. Like a a lot of people Mm -hmm. just do injectables and they don't take care. Skincare is different than that. (laughs) That's right. They have nothing to do with each other. So what would you suggest for someone who's never had a facial before? Like it blows my mind when I meet people and they're like, I don't do facials. I just do injectables. I'm like, huh. Well, because, and I'll back up a little bit. So injectables have to deal with you know obviously filling up or stopping muscles but skincare is about texture Mm -hmm. complexion right health of your skin like there's no injectables that are going to have any impact on that Mm -hmm. lasers yeah but not still in the same way so for me i I think megan's fave is great for everyone because it has because first of all it's 45 minutes everyone complains about it's time or money right those are the two things that we all like balance out time or money and it it's good for both you know because it's 45 minutes it's 110 so you can get in on a lunch break in between meetings you know park your car we have a parking lot super easy and it has almost all the technology that we offer not all of it but it has the led has oxygen has our treatment mask with microcurrent it has a chemical peel and we have like eight from like low low baby peels to like whoa you better stay inside for four days you know like (laughs) we have them all the whoa stay inside don't 
aren't included in the Megan's fave, by the way, they're an add on, but we have those. And then it has the massage, which everyone loves because it really helps. It's a workout for your face without you doing anything but relaxing and enjoying. Yeah. So the circulation, you know, the oxygenation, the lymphatic drainage, like all the things that everyone's going to benefit from. And it feels great. So I think Megan's fave is great for everyone. No one, if someone who's never had a facial and someone who gets facials regularly and it's our number one seller. Yeah. And I've, and I've had it several times and I can say that like after I am done, my skin is glowing for days yeah. beyond. Good week. Um, why? So that, which leads me into my next question. How is your skin so glowy? Um, is it the Megan's fave? <laughs> like, is that gonna be, Cause I'm just like looking at it and I'm like, how does that happen? Well, right now I'm so, hot and sweaty. So maybe it's that these lights are very bright. It's doing you favors. I must All say. Right, cool. I'm like, I'm glad. <laughs> I, I really am just disciplined about my skincare. I don't do a lot. I really don't. I cleanse my skin. I use retinols. Um, I use SPF. Um, I use a few other things, but not a lot. And then I try to give myself treatments at least probably. I used to do it every week, but now I'm just so busy. At least once or twice a month, I do a, like a serious treatment on myself, whether it's cryotherapy, which we do as well, um, a, a good chemical peel, or just LED on the regular. Just making sure that like I have a... a small and simple but consistent practice of taking care of my skin that's amazing okay this was a, this was a very amazing enlightening conversation always i knew it was going to be uh, I, um, love, I love chatting with you You're me so too fun. i'm like i need to just come i mean now that we just knocked out two hours probably worth of conversation oh, but still like i can't i always can't wait to like come like lay down in your chair because oh. we always just like wander off into the best conversations which this is you know i knew that was going to happen here um, so it's easy to do with you. I'm really proud of you. You're just crushing. Oh my God. Thank you, you so crushing. much. Uh, and so tell everyone where they can find you, even like where the layer lounge is located, where they can find you on social, all the things. So the layer lounge boutique is located at 1104 South third street at the corner of Charleston. Um, most people can see the big yellow building next door to me, which is local Oasis, our neighbor. We have a small parking lot there too. And you can find us on our website is thelayerlounge.com. Our Instagram and our TikTok handles are the same, which is The Layer Lounge. Perfect. And what about your personal? Megan Linney. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think, I think, yeah, I think you, I, that's just me on uh, Instagram. And I post a lot of silly shenanigans and uh, roller skating and love and inspiration. Well, you are definitely inspirational. You're inspiring. You're all the things. I'm so happy to know you. And thank Likewise. you so much for taking time to do this. It's my pleasure. Thank you. Thanks.